0: that was a great film. Yeah,
1: it was good, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But you told me that there was a Filipino actor in there. Who was he? Ah,
1: you remember that scene where there was a guy who jumped from one building to another?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an epic scene. That was him? Oh my god, amazing. I'm so proud of us. Filipino pride.
1: No, 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 no. That wasn't him. He was the guy who was reacting to his spectacular stunt, the one watching from the window. His face was in focus for more than one second.
0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Pananaki Podcast. Today we will be talking about Asian representation in Hollywood. Now, I got the idea for this topic because of Michelle Yeoh, who recently became the first Asian to win an Academy Award for Best Actress. Mm -hmm. So I was so happy when she did because, as I mentioned in our episode 105, her movie Everything, Everywhere, All at Once was my favorite movie Mm -hmm. of 2022. Yeah, so I just want to start off by saying that we will be reading from multiple articles in this episode. Like, There's a lot. So just to make it less distracting, we won't be mentioning the websites each time we quote something like we usually do. So instead, we will just link all the articles in our show notes to credit them. Mm. Experts say the Academy Awards space has long been inaccessible to Asian actors. Just over 1% of acting nominees have been Asian, and among them... Four have taken home the prize. In Yo's category, one other Asian actor, Merde Oberon, for the 1935 film *The Dark Angel*, has been nominated, but her background remained unknown until after her death, because she concealed her South Asian roots throughout her career. Mm. The lack of acknowledgement of Yo who's only now getting her flowers after a 40-year international career, reflects systemic issues in how the Western film industry continues to dismiss and other Asian actors, experts say. Yo, an industry veteran, first became a respected action icon in Hong Kong cinema in the late 1980s. As with many other Asian actors, her foray into Hollywood with the 1997 James Bond film Tomorrow Never Dies involved stunts and <laughs> martial arts.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Martial arts. And speaking of martial arts, let's delve into the history of Asians in Hollywood, starting with no other than Bruce Lee, the king of martial arts. Now, yes. Bruce Lee gained uh, a measure of celebrity with his role in the Green Hornet television series. Now, in that show, he wasn't the main actor. He was the sidekick, Kato Kato. Mm -hmm. Uh, And believing that, you know, Chinese culture had much to offer, Lee began pitching projects to Warner Brothers, hey, please create more movies about Asians. And obviously, Mm -hmm. at that point in time, they liked the concept, but Lee was overlooked for the lead role in favor of other quote-unquote bankable Caucasian actors, right? They just don't see it selling well if the lead actor is an Asian, so... That was the history of discrimination I would say or lack mm. of Asians in Hollywood uh, in 1970s. Now because of this inability to find other suitable roles, Lee returned to your country, D, Hong Kong
0: Yeah, Hong Kong, where I am
1: <laughs> to advance his career as an actor. Now Lee became an instant icon, the superstar that separates the film, the big boss from every Hong Kong action film that came before So I Ooh. feel like When Bruce Lee went back to Hong Kong, the genre, the the style, the taste of Hong Kong movies completely changed, right? Similar to Mm. how Filipino movies were before, right? You can immediately Mm. predict what's going to happen because (laughs) every film follows Mm -hmm. uh, the same template, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yep. There's a crisis, then police arrives late, and then wedding, then (laughs) end. (laughs)
0: Yeah, okay.
1: (laughs) So that's what Bruce Lee did, right? He completely changed the style and and taste of Hong Kong film. And after a series of critically and commercially successful films, Hollywood became interested in Lee once again. And in 1973, (laughs) the movie Enter the Dragon marked Lee's first Hollywood movie and Warner Brothers' first foray into Kung Fu genre on the silver screen now
0: oh okay and
1: having earned 410 times its original budget wow (laughs) enter the dragon is one of the most profitable films of all time you can imagine right the cast is asian so it's very profitable (laughs) because the low cost
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's okay got it
1: (laughs) can you imagine 410x your budget that's crazy that's a lot Yeah. yeah that's so much yep And the unprecedented success of Lee marked a paradigm shift in Hollywood. Prior to Lee's superstardom, Asian men were portrayed as submissive servants, unskilled laborers, or evil geniuses with pencil thin mustache patterned after Fu Manchu. Yes, I can totally picture that. However, Bruce Lee's achievements would soon turn into both a blessing and a curse. Why? Oh, why? Uh, Bruce Lee's sudden demise would render him and his successors synonymous with the genre he popularized. So it's like every time there's an Asia showing, it's kung fu. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yeah,
0: all martial arts. Mm-hmm.
1: By the 1980s, the popularity of Bruce Lee and martial arts movies led to the entrenchment of the, quote-unquote, all Asians know martial arts trope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's a different trope yeah. now. <laughs> yeah,
1: Every new martial arts actor... From Jackie Chan to Jet Li is referred to as the next Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee Mm. became the unreachable standard set by Hollywood, by which all other Asian actors must be measured. Yeah, that is quite unfortunate, right? He got so successful that he became the sole image of all Asians.
0: (laughs) So the question is, because this is the trope, I don't think there's a lot of roles that can be offered to Asians, right? Mm. Unless it's is a martial arts movie or whatever or maybe they're like the goons or something in an action film and whatnot right right? so
1: i'm trying to refer to bruce lee's success right because mm. he made 410 times the budget and maybe in the the minds of the hollywood producers let's just do it right like let's follow Mm -hmm. that and hope it's gonna earn the same thing 410x the budget why would we gamble into something else it, yeah. there's already a proven uh, success for for this type of character for uh, yeah. Asian people for Asian,
0: yeah, I believe actors. so. But the problem is if you're you're not like Bruce Lee or you don't ha- if you're an Asian <laughs> but you do not have any kung fu skills or you're yes. not even you know like us we're Asian <laughs> but we don't. <laughs> so yes. I, I, those actors probably had difficulty getting mm. other roles, right? So just in relation to that. How difficult really was it to be an Asian actor in Hollywood?
1: Mm, That's a good question.
0: There was a study from the University of Southern California called The Prevalence and Portrayal of Asian and Pacific Islanders Across 1,300 Popular Films. So they looked at top-grossing movies from 2007 to 2019 and found that only 44 films featured AAPI leads or co-leads.
1: Only 44.
0: 44 out of 1,300. So what's the percentage of that? Um,
1: less than 4%, maybe 3%.
0: So that's like really small, right? And of those 44 films, Dwayne The Rock Johnson was the lead in a third. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. And he's
1: not even Asian, D. He's a Pacific Islander, right?
0: Yeah, so he doesn't really represent <laughs> the Asians, unfortunately. Uh,
1: so only 1%. Oh, sorry, two maybe two percent. Okay, because he he starred one third of the. Three yeah, percent. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So only two percent yeah. of those films. So it's that bad. And additionally, almost forty percent of the films had no AAPI representation. Oh, okay. And in those thirteen years, only three point four percent of the top-grossing movies had an AAPI lead. Mm. And maybe that's doing the Rock Johnson. Anyway, those who did, <laughs> those who did, had characters that were played by just twenty-two actors.
1: Oh no! Yeah.
0: And in fact, K. Hui One, he's an actor who won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor also this year, and he said that he had to quit acting for twenty years because no one would hire him.
1: What? Even after yeah. winning the Best Supporting, or this is before?
0: No, no, no. This was before. So. Oh, okay. So the story was when he was 12 years old. Mm. He played Harrison Ford's sidekick Short Round in Indiana Jones and the Mm. Temple of Doom. Yeah, and then he co-starred as the gadget-loving Data in The Goonies. So both of these films were 1980s blockbusters. Mm. That early one-two punch of improbable success made him think that I was going to have this amazing career. But aside from a few minor TV and film roles that followed, the acting opportunities quickly fizzled. And there were a few parts for Asian actors, which were usually small and stereotypical. Mm. So, I mean, and also it doesn't fit the, I don't know if you, you know him, but he's not like a Bruce Lee kind of guy, you know? Mm. So maybe that's why there, were, there was not really like a lot of roles for him. So in the early 2000s, Kwan says he made a very difficult decision to step away from acting. After graduating from film school at USC, he turned his attention behind the scenes, becoming a successful assistant director and stunt coordinator. Mm. But after 20 years, he was watching 2018's Crazy Rich Asians, and he decided it might be time to return to his first love, which is acting. Mm. And he said, I was happy working behind the camera, but I had serious FOMO. (laughs) I wanted to be up there with my fellow Asian actors. When he went back, right, his first film back after 20 years was the same film where he won mm. an award. So, see, he is a talented guy. Yeah. It's just that there was no opportunity for, for sure. him, mm. right? Isn't it sad? Mm. But anyway, he brought up one film that really changed the game, which is Crazy Rich Asians. So, it was released theatrically in August 2018, and the Singapore set rom com defied all expectations. Mm. It became the highest-grossing romantic comedy of the last 10 years and the sixth highest-grossing ever. Mm. It's from Looper. It, they have a list of how this movie changed Hollywood. And first, it gave Asian actors a seat at the table. Mm. So British Asian actress Chema Chan, she plays the Singaporean socialite Astrid Leong in that movie. And she grew up in United Kingdom. Mm. She had limited chances to prove herself there. She said, When I left drama school, I was told by the voice teacher... Be prepared that you are going to really struggle. Most of the output from the UK is period drama, and you won't get a look in. Mm-hmm. And for the first few years, that really was the case. I didn't even get a chance to audition. Mm-hmm. In twenty nineteen, though, she appeared alongside Brie Larson in the MCU movie Captain Marvel.
1: Wait, she was part of one of the MCU? Oh, Captain yeah, Captain Marvel.
0: Marvel. She was not the main person. Ah, she was. I okay, think a... okay. was she an enemy? But anyway, she was there. I don't even remember. I mean, that was a long time ago. Sorry, but uh, yeah. So she was there, mm. and you know, for for a lot of actors, that's considered you know a big role, right? Mm. Even though you're not the main. But also, eventually, she became the main in the Eternals. You know, Cersei. No, I'm uh, Cer- sorry, is it Cersei? I didn't
1: like that movie. To
0: be honest, <laughs> yeah, but so. she she was that lady, the the main one. Anyway, yeah. the point is uh, that was a springboard, right? The 2018 movie. So. Even though MCU movies are probably more popular than Crazy Rich Asians, she thinks that it was a far more pivotal moment for her mm. and for Asian actors in general. And she said, I'm really happy that things seem to be shifting and it feels like it's not just a trend. It feels like we're here to stay. Mm. So that's a good thing, right? That's that one a thing really that, good
1: point. Well, mm-hmm. aside from giving Asian actors a seat at the table, I think Crazy Rich Asian, number two, made... Asian Men Sexy. Did it? (laughs) it?
0: No, because... (laughs) Did it really? Yes. Yes, I would think so. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, traditionally, (laughs) the kind of parts offered to Asian actors have been largely, you know, stereotypical, right? Mm. And then, here's a quote from Fresh Off the Boat star Randall Park uh, when he told Mm -hmm. Time, the roles weren't super offensive, but when you look back and realize how many doctors you play you think okay that's how they see us yeah, yeah. that's probably if, if an Asian plays a doctor it's probably a quack doctor or something right like a fake <laughs> doctor.
0: not necessarily though they are actually probably real doctors but the thing is um, the doctors in these movies are not like sexy mm-hmm. leading men you know what gotcha. I mean they're just like somebody giving the diagnosis to the <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: a good point that's a good point <laughs> But according to Asian American actress Amaya Erskine, Crazy Rich Asians 100% changed Hollywood, especially the way Asian men are depicted on screen. After all, the leading man in Crazy Rich Asians, Henry Goldings, Nick Young, is a history professor, but he's not your typical Asian intellectual. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Asians, when when I see them in movies... Stereotypically, are kind of nerdy looking,
0: Mm. kind
1: of. They're
0: smart, but they're not hot.
1: They're not hot. You know what I mean? It's one dimensional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And here's another quote from Erskine. It was really exciting for me to see Asian men on screen in the most beautiful way. (laughs) In America, I don't think I can name a movie where you're seeing Asian men sexually, honestly, and in a way that's like, wow, that guy is so hot, and he's leading this movie. In that way, it was really an emotional experience to watch. Wait, I Mm. I probably need to rewatch Crazy Rich
0: (laughs) Asians. First of all, you're a guy, so maybe that's why you didn't see it that way. But no, but I mean, okay. The thing is, because Nick Young in Crazy Rich Asian is seen as this very eligible bachelor, right? Mm. And then I don't actually also remember if they actually showed his
1: skin, yeah,
0: abs or something, but. I think the fact that he was shown he's Asian but he's eligible and he's the main lead Mm, like that's not common in Hollywood movies probably right like Asians are usually like just on the sidelines they're just the best friend of the main guy or whatever (laughs) Um, and women are not necessarily like you know drooling over Mm. the Asians because they're nerdy they're intelligent and that's not a good thing kind Mm. of situation you know so maybe that's what they're saying yeah
1: Nick Young yes
0: (laughs) So now you need to rewatch, I need to re-watch.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Third, it helped dispel harmful Asian stereotypes. So I guess you would consider it a harmful Asian stereotype that Asian men were unsexy mm. previously, uh, right. right? but an- aside from that, there were others right? Like Ken Jong, uh, I think you know him from when he's a funny guy in the community and in oh, he's in um the hangover. You know him?
1: Ah, yeah, he's from The Hangover. He's a very funny guy.
0: So he said he has been asked to give his characters a stereotypical Asian accent in the past, (laughs) despite there being no actual reason for it. Hmm. He flat out refuses to go down that route nowadays, and because of crazy rich Asians, more Asian American actors are in a position to do the same. And according to Michelle Yeoh, when she first arrived in Hollywood, the presence of Asian characters always had to be explained. Like, oh, she comes from Chinatown. Oh, she's the waitress. Oh, she's from the laundromat or the takeout or something mm. like this, she told Variety. Yo has been in Hollywood for decades and the actress is amazed that she's only now seeing studios recognize the potential in Asian stories. At least it's happening so that I can see what we've been fighting for all this time.
1: Hmm. Interesting that yeah. <laughs> they, they had been asked to portray an accent that they didn't have. So it was like...
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me act yeah. as an Asian.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is my accent. This Can my you accent. actually talk like an Asian? <laughs> but this is how I talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that was a harmful stereotype. Mm, then yeah, I'm because sure. there are a lot of Asians in America that they were actually born in America, mm, right? That's like, right. They don't have the accent anymore. So why do they need to have the accent?
1: Interesting. So mm-hmm. they had to relearn mm-hmm. an accent that they don't originally have. <laughs> don't even have. Well, they're yeah. actors. <laughs> They're actors. Yeah, that's true. They're paid to do that. (laughs) The fourth one is the movie, Crazy Rich Asian, Move the Bar. Now, according Mm. to Japanese-American screenwriter Lisa Takeuchi-Kwalen, Hollywood operated under the belief that Asian leads simply couldn't put bumps in seats for years. And that's how they make money, right? So Mm. without bumps in the seats, there's no money for Hollywood. And especially Mm. that a lot of piracy is going on in Asia. (laughs) (laughs) It's a double, double blow for them. So, however, in the post-Crazy Rich Asians Hollywood, she claims that's a thing of the past. For us, one hurdle, maybe even the tallest hurdle, is getting networks to believe that audiences will show up for these kinds of stories. And Mm. I think that's where Crazy Rich Asians has moved the bar, she told NBC Mm. News. Now, in Hollywood, Mm. according to her, Numbers speak. And when a movie with all Asian leads brings up $35 million in the first week, executives sit up and take notice. Similar to how Mm. Bruce Lee made a lot of money, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. So now Colin revealed that she'd received a phone call about a potential new project just days after Crazy Rich Asians opened. And she noticed the shift in attitude almost immediately. Usually after they explain the premise is when I jump in and say... How do you feel if the leads were people of color? This time, this producer said, the only thing that's non-negotiable is that the lead is Asian American. Wow. Wow! Oh, yeah, so there's good, no demand right? for, for an <laughs> yes. actor to be Asian American.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's what happened, right? Because they saw that it put bombs in seats. Mm. So there you go. Money Talks. <laughs> question is, what are the Asian-led movies that got made after Crazy Rich Asians? Mm. I'm sure there were probably a lot, but we'll just name three. Mm. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings mm. is an MCU film with Simul Yu as the leading man. And it features a lot of Asian mm. actors as well. It's like the Black Panther. you know. <laughs> in, it's like the Asian Black Panther in terms of representation, right?
1: <laughs> That's a very good point. So the Asian Black Panther. I
0: like that. Yeah, and I think it did well. Um, of course, it came out during pandemic, so it's not going to be the same numbers mm. as Black Panther or the mm. other MCU films. But I think it still did well despite mm. coming out during the pandemic. So, and yeah. it's the
1: MCU, so that's a really big deal, right?
0: Mm, it is, yes, mm. for sure.
1: The uh, second one we have here on the list is Parasite, which was my one of my favorite films. It mm, was your right?
0: favorite film, right? Mm. I think we had mentioned it in one of our episodes. Yes, yeah,
1: that's right. So, technically, this isn't a Hollywood film because this was made in Korea. But we wanted to include this because it won four Academy Awards in wow. 2019. Wow. Mm. And obviously made history by becoming the first non-English language film to win Best Picture. This was definitely a sign that the award shows and the film industry you know we're becoming more inclusive of Asians yeah wow well, yeah I'm reading this for the first time for academy awards that's a yeah that's a lot and yeah, yeah. it was non english so people yes. had to people had to read the subtitles
0: <laughs> but i think it really deserved it though because mm. it was really a good film like you would argue it's like two films in one right like that's halfway right. through it changes genre or something yeah. like that and it's really like it makes you think Considering that, you know, the Academy has been around for, I don't know, 100 years or something. And Mm. this is the first time Mm. that a non-English language film won Best Picture, right? It really did, you know, something changed for sure for them to even allow that to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah, for
1: sure. They have their own criteria, right? But for me, whenever I judge a movie, I always judge it based on the emotions that I had while watching the film. Mm, and true, The Parasite yeah. was like a roller coaster of <laughs> emotions, right? From mm-hmm. comedy to fear to horror to suspense, <laughs> then back to comedies. It's just, it really was a lot of genres in one tiny package uh, mm-hmm. of a film. That's so, true. Yeah, the Parasite was yeah.
0: awesome. Yeah. Okay. And the third film is. Also an award-winning film, which is Everything Everywhere All at Once, which got Michelle Yeoh and Kei Hui Kwan their Academy Awards. And also that movie won Best Picture. Mm. So it is estimated actually to be the most awarded film of all time. And not just in Oscars, right? I think they're talking mm. about all the other award-giving mm-hmm. bodies that, that it won. And just like Parasite, it's kind of like several genres in one mm. kind of thing. So you la- I was laughing... And I was crying and I was thinking, that kind of thing. So it's good. Mm. And again, this movie was led by three Asians. So that's good, right? Like mm. that this kind of movie actually got made because probably in the past it probably would have gotten made but with Caucasian actors yeah, that's or something. Right. Right? Whitewash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh interesting. So I still haven't watched this film by the way. It's no longer on the big screen and still waiting for it to be available on netflix
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not yet uh, because the hype is there so they probably are trying to make money from it still right like that's why it's not yet free but it's definitely worth watching i would say yeah so i think you will like it because it's funny there's Mm. also well it's an asian film there's also kung fu or (laughs) i don't know if it's kung fu there's (laughs) action in it yeah and i think it's good yeah and it's good that it got all the awards and, you know, it moved the bar also, mm, I would say. Interesting. Yeah. So
1: the emotion you felt was everything all at once. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. And your mind
1: was everything. Oh, sorry, everywhere all at once.
0: Oh, all at once, so that is a good point. Yeah, once. yeah,
1: We've name-dropped a lot of Asian actors in Hollywood, but what about us, D? What about Filipinos? We. <laughs> This after all is a Filipino podcast, right? So, let's yes. take a look and see mm-hmm. who are, you know, Filipino actors who made it in Hollywood. So, first is mm. Jacob Batalon. He's the guy from Spider-Man, right? Yes, he's yes. the best friend. So, yeah. So, he was born in Hawaii to Filipino parents. Ned of mm. Spider-Man, No Way From Home, uh, sorry, No Way Home.
0: Yeah, I think it's No Way Home, right? Spider Man No Way Home is the third one. You already forgot there's three movies, remember? (gasps) Oh
1: yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. (laughs) Ah yeah, I was thinking was Far From Home, but that's the second one, one.
0: one, right? Yeah, the first one is what again? It was also Home Somewhere. (laughs) I don't
1: remember what the first one was. No, I thought it was just Spider Man. Uh, Anyways, but he was in the in the three films, right? So Mm -hmm. he was the best friend of Peter Parker of Spider Man the three films. Now he is pure Filipino because mm-hmm. he was wait, 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 wait. Yes. His parents are both Filipinos but he was born in Hawaii and Hawaii is a US state.
0: No, but I mean he, he still has Filipino blood. Our list okay. is people with Filipino blood, right? Okay. Even though it's not pure Filipino. Gotcha. Right? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, okay. So yeah,
1: our yeah. basis is blood. And and for blood he is a hundred percent. Filipino. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so his Filipino mom, you know, who always supported his dreams is Eva Andres, who is originally from mm-hmm. Pangasinan in the Philippines. Wow.
0: Oh, but by the way, speaking of, I just remembered something in No Way Home. There was also another Filipino actress, right? The Lola of Ned, remember? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I don't know her name, but uh, I don't know if she's actually Jacob Batalon's Grandma, probably not. But there is another Filipino. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're right.
1: You're right. API percentage is going up. 3% no more.
0: And it's hilarious because she actually spoke Tagalog yeah, in that film. In they, right? yeah. Yeah. yeah, in a scene from that movie. So, it's it's nice that mm-hmm. you've gotten representation. Okay, so our second actor with Filipino blood is Manny Jacinto. So, he is a Canadian actor born in the Philippines And after several small roles on television, his breakout role came as Jason Mendoza on the NBC sitcom The Good Place. Mm. He received favorable reviews for his performance as an EDM-obsessed, lovable doofus from Jacksonville, Florida, going against stereotypes of how Asian men are often portrayed in Hollywood. And he's also really Filipino in the film, not in the film, in the TV show. And he's a good dancer, which is a stereotype of Filipinos.
1: Also, oh, he portrayed a Filipino in the in the good place. I yeah,
0: he's a real me. Filipino, and he's also in the in the good place. He's also Filipino, and his mm-hmm. dad was also there, gotcha. and he's a member of like a <laughs> dance troupe. So, well, uh, well, Filipinos are good dancers, right? So, yes.
1: yes, we are performers by by nature. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, box checked. Next is Dave Bautista. Now mm-hmm. Dave is an American actor and former professional wrestler. We know him as Drax of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and six-time world champion WWE wrestler Batista. Mm-hmm. I- I'm, I'm I'm laughing in you know deep inside six-time world champion WWE because why isn't WWE fake like it's, it's scripted, right? <laughs> <yet, so. laughs> You became a champion because it was in the script. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. For sure a lot of wrestling fans out there are outraged by what I said, but <laughs> yes. His father is Filipino, Michael Bautista. He is proud to be mm. Filipino and even brought Adobo on set of the Guardians Ooh. of Galaxy, which he recalls everyone wiped out. Ooh. Mm, good that's job good to in bringing know. Adobo. Yeah.
0: yeah. But I think Adobo is palatable, I mean to other Nationalities, right? Mm. It's not like a Dinugoan or something. Fourth Filipino actor is Vincent Rodriguez III. So okay, you can yeah, really tell from his name. <laughs>
1: He's very Filipino. Filipino. <laughs> he is the third Vincent Rodriguez
0: <laughs> in his family. Mm. Yes. So that means his dad was Vincent Rodriguez Jr. and his granddad was Vincent Rodriguez. Senior. Uh, yes, yeah, senior. <laughs> Yeah, that's a Filipino thing. So Vincent was born in San Francisco to Filipino parents. Mm -hmm. On television, he had bit roles before landing his breakthrough role when he was cast as Josh Chan, the romantic lead in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is the first TV series to depict Filipino-American family life with a large Filipino cast of actors in a single episode. So in that episode, his crazy ex-girlfriend in the title, is Rebecca and she cooks a traditional Filipino dish called dinuguan which I was talking about mm. earlier, right? So she cooks this to impress Josh's family at their Thanksgiving celebration. <sighs> it's really funny, right? Because dinuguan is not that popular. Mm,
1: and why would you and, uh, d- for and to impress? <laughs> really?
0: And the reason why for non-Filipinos, dinuguan actually has uh, pig's
1: blood, right?
0: Pig's blood in it. So not everyone would no. like the idea of eating it, right? No. Like, I remember one of my or uh, someone who worked for my company before was they were talking about how this guy I don't know he's a Caucasian right and he was working in the Philippines mm. and they were what is that show where they ask you to eat disgusting food
1: Oh Fear factor Do you remember Fear, Fear Fa-
0: factor. Yes. So they did like a fear factor and eating dinuguan was one of the tasks. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Uh, he cannot eat it, you know. So like for Caucasians, that's not something that's easy to eat for them. And also in another episode of this show, Leia Salonga, who is, as we know, a famous Filipino singer and actress in the Philippines. She was a guest star as Josh's Aunt Mirna. So she also sings in this show. She sang this beautiful ballad at josh's sister's wedding mm. so it's interesting i think if you haven't seen it you can watch it because it's funny and it's uh but it's a musical though so i'm not sure if, if it's for everyone because if mm. you don't like musicals maybe you won't like this but it's really hilarious and it's on netflix so yeah check interesting.
1: it out thank you for that suggestion speaking of musicals the next one is vanessa hudgens from the high school oh. Musical.
0: Yes, we're yeah. all in, in this together. together.
1: <laughs> so Vanessa, who plays uh, the singer Gabriela Montez in High School Musical mm. and our favorite trio in The Princess Switch.
0: This is on Netflix. You probably haven't seen this because you don't watch rom-coms. Yeah.
1: Yes. So she is half Filipina, thanks to her mom. So she's just 50%, right? Mm-hmm. Gina Guanco is a, is her mom, who is from Manila, while her father was of Irish, French, and Native American descent. Wow,
0: oh, that's a huge mix. Wow. Okay.
1: Wait. <laughs> that is a really, really interesting mix. Now, mm-hmm. she was just recently named Philippines Global Tourism Ambassador. Mm, this means yeah. she will take part in a range of future initiatives to promote the nation's unique culture and assist the country in reaching a wider global audience, creating awareness and conveying the Philippine brand as a tourist destination. Now, I wonder, the Filipino-blooded actors that we talked about, even though they're Filipino by blood, Mm. they are born either in Hawaii, U.S. So, Mm. I'm not sure how many of these guys can speak Filipino.
0: Oh, that's a good question. Mm. I don't know. Like, you can't.
1: How that would be difficult for you to be an ambassador.
0: (laughs) No, but she's trying to get the people to come to the Philippines, right? The non Filipinos to come to the Philippines. So maybe it's fine.
1: Mm, It's fine. Okay.
0: (laughs) So, for you, who do you think should be the global ambassador since you're doubtful about this? Not just you, though. I know there was an outcry on Twitter about this. A lot Mm. of people are against. Her Because mm. they feel that she wasn't as proud of her heritage compared mm. to other people They name some YouTubers who are like, you know, that's their whole thing That mm. they're proud of being Filipino and getting people to come So they feel that those people should have been the ones instead mm. of her Because, like, she had never even gone to the Philippines before this
1: Oh, you see? <laughs> yeah, you they were see? saying,
0: like, Zach Efron went there before her <laughs> Those kinds of situations. And there was, I don't know how true this is, but I read somewhere that they're saying that there was a time she was actually trying to pass off as Latina or, you know, I don't know if she actually did that. The point is, I didn't even know she was Filipino, you know, during Mm -hmm. the high school musical, right? Mm -hmm. I thought she was Latina. So I don't know if she actually said she was Latina, but the point is she never really said, hi, I'm Filipino at that Mm -hmm. point, I think. Because otherwise you would have known. Filipinos would know, right?
1: the thing is, for you to be an ambassador, you need to feel first proud of the thing yeah. that you are offering or, you know, mm-hmm. that you want to advertise. And if she can't speak, if she hasn't even been to the Philippines <laughs> before, she was appointed. It's just, yeah, strange.
0: I don't really agree with this as well. To be honest, I also don't know who should be then. But maybe mm. those YouTubers they were talking about, if that's their whole thing, mm. then they should, right? And YouTubers nowadays are probably like as good as celebrities Mm. you know they're also celebrities and they probably have bigger reach so why not them
1: or even leah salonga (laughs) right like she's the oh yeah filipina she can sing she she's beautiful well sorry vanessa Hudgens. if in the the remote chance of you listening to this
0: (laughs) oh my god
1: (laughs) comparing you to leah salonga
0: yeah, I'm sorry. We We did not mean to offend you.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're really going to be listening to this. But we're just echoing what the people are saying. Mm. And we're saying that probably there are mm. others out there who are more deserving of that role. But anyway, it's anyways, not up to us. Anyways, we are not the ones who are, <laughs>
1: it's not up to us. <laughs> who are in
0: charge of sorry this.
1: Sorry
0: that. Aside from actors, what about Filipino-led movies in Hollywood? Ooh. Are there any? So... We tried searching, and the first thing that popped up was something called "Lumpia with a Vengeance," which it's a very funny-sounding title, right?
1: <laughs> lumpia with a Vengeance. Yes. Huh. Heart attack <laughs> from eating lumpia.
0: <laughs> Maybe lumpia is actually a uh, food in the
1: Philippines—spring roll.
0: It could have pork in it. Mm. Or it could have veggies. But I think the popular one in the US is the meat lumpia, mm, right? The pork de, lumpia. The
1: lumpia think. Shanghai, which is strange name <laughs> for a Filipino dish. Yes. Because lumpia Shanghai, I asked my Chinese friend who's from Shanghai. <laughs> mm-hmm. She has not heard of lumpia Shanghai. <laughs> she has never eaten lumpia Shanghai before. So I don't know where that name came from.
0: Yes. So apparently this film is a sequel to 2000 2003 film Lumpia. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it mentioned that this is an I don't know it's an indie film and it mm. became popular in US probably in that specific area. So that's why they decided to have a sequel. So he has been working on increasing Filipino-American representation in the film for more than 2 decades. Mm. And Genelsa said Lumpia with a Vengeance originated as a crowdfunder campaign to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the original homemade movie, Lumpia. We created it as a way to see if there was still an appetite out there for a Filipino-American film. Mm. And when the campaign went viral and reached its goal on the final night, it was validation that there was an audience waiting for us. It pushed and motivated us to produce the film part-time.
1: Okay, so there you go. Is it on Netflix? I want to watch it now.
0: I don't think so. But wait, let me just quickly Google the...
1: Lumpia with a vengeance.
0: (laughs) The synopsis. Okay, I think there should be... It's an IMDB. So, the description is... A lumpia-armed hero reappears in Fog Town and teams up with high school student Rachel to prevent a mysterious crime syndicate from destroying their town and her parents' dream wedding. (laughs) With a lumpia-armed hero? (laughs)
1: I can already <laughs> picture the plot and the story and the ending. The okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Crime, okay. syndicate, and mm-hmm. then wedding. That's it. It's
0: obviously a comedy, right? Mm. Um, it's probably, I, I can imagine it's like a, a bubble gang skit or something, mm, yeah, right? I Is that what you're thinking that, of? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Please, Netflix, put it on Netflix. Lumpia Revenge. <laughs> yeah. And another movie is Easter Sunday, starring comedian Jokoy, which is mm. the first major Hollywood studio film about Filipino Americans, the largest Asian American population in California, and among the largest immigrant groups in the U.S. Mm. Now, partly autobiographical, the film tells the story of Joe Valencia, a struggling comedian and actor looking for his Hollywood break. While juggling his responsibilities as a single dad and the inevitable drama that comes with having an extended, multi-generational immigrant family. Like Jokoy, Valencia is multiracial and grapples with his identity and what it means to look, sound, and to move and to dance like a Filipino.
0: (laughs) Okay, (laughs) sure.
1: (laughs) Have you seen this film? No, I haven't
0: seen it, No. But yeah, while it is good, though, there is another film. Hmm. So There's not really a lot. Yeah. So aside
1: from Lumpia with a Vengeance. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just Easter yes. Sunday as well. Or maybe yeah. let's make a movie. Lumpia on Easter Sunday. Which could happen <laughs> after a fasting. A week of fasting. Oh, okay. On Easter Sunday. Maybe? On Easter Sunday, mm-hmm. eating Lumpia. Now... Let's close this D this episode. Mm. And the question is, do you think we need more Asian representation in Hollywood is 3% not enough D?
0: Yeah, I think we definitely need more Asian representation in Hollywood and definitely more Filipino representation in Hollywood mm. because I think Filipinos are a talented bunch who deserve to have their time in the sun, right? You know, we deserve more than just Mm. Yeah, with a vengeance and Easter Sunday. We should have more. And for you, what kind of movie do you want to see in Hollywood that is led by a Filipino?
1: Mm, That is an interesting question. Yeah. That film has to put bumps in the seats, right? Why? What would... Yeah, what do you think would do that? I think a horror film in the (laughs) Philippines (laughs) uh, would be awesome. like Similar to the Shake, Rattle, and Roll (laughs) So,
0: a or something.
1: Make it (laughs) it more tasteful.
0: I think think they have
1: really good material. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, what was that Chris Aquino film? Feng Sui, right? Ah, Feng Sui. That was a really interesting concept. uh, Mm -hmm. But I think the budget is obvious. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I think if we can make it more Hollywood quality, like CG of Hollywood, and.
0: Ah, okay. you, You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Make it more terrifying and not just depend on. The volume of the suspense sound <laughs> for you to be scared. So yeah, I think mm. a horror film would be a good one to to kick. Probably kit it
0: and off. it yeah, I mean after all, Japanese and Korean horror films mm. are well known, right? Mm. And in fact, they try to do. Usually, they take horror films from Japan and Korea and make American versions of them, That's and right. they're usually not as good. So well, anyway. Not as good at all. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Mm, So we we have rich history, right? we have a lot of supernatural Mm. beings. And I think it just needs a little bit more imagination, a little bit more budget, a little bit more computer graphics to to make it more Hollywood, I think.
0: And that's a good point because it's uh, it's taking advantage of our folklore.
1: Mm, That's right. right.
0: They could have like that Artiana or Balang mm. or any of those other things. Oh, we have an episode about this. So one mm. of those things that we mentioned in our, yes, in
1: our I forgot older. which
0: episode, you know, from one to ten, right? One of our mm. first episodes actually.
1: We're talking about representation in Hollywood, right? For mm. Asians. But I think there's also a chance for, is there a Asian version of Hollywood? No, right? Like each country has their own. Um, yeah, like parasite, for example, wasn't a Hollywood film but garnered a lot mm. of attention. So maybe mm-hmm. if we can improve the infrastructure of Philippine, how would we call it Phillywood yeah. Phillywood? Because <laughs> India has Bollywood right? like they, they have a very I don't big know. <laughs> movie industry. <laughs> I don't,
0: um, yeah, but I, I seem to have come across an article that, I, that I, we don't even have a nomination for any of our films for Oscars
1: not 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 one filipino
0: i'm um, not even one because there is a bucket for not even like for best picture like just there's a bucket for international films like mm. best international film or something we haven't even gotten there because the thing is with oscars i think you need to campaign for it and probably don't have the
1: funds mm. and i think also because the ones that are garnering a lot of international attention is actually from indie films in the philippines right and that oh, yeah, is because yeah, that's true. Filipino cinema is money, right? They want people mm. to sit on the cinema. And to mm-hmm. do that is you you gather all the popular actors, not necessarily having a very good story, just having those actors in one film, that's enough for them. Like, not enough thinking, right? Just yeah. spend all the budget in getting all these. Like, you, you watch any film mm. in the Metro Manila Film Fest, right? And... Guarantee. It's just uh, it's the usual actors and actresses. Mm. So
0: yeah, you're right. They're just going for the blockbuster thing, and Mm. usually, uh, yeah, they they, those tend to be light, Mm. you know, to be something that everyone would enjoy.
1: Yes. So not really relevant outside of like if if an American watches the films, like, it's about maybe. Coco Martin, for example. Like, <laughs> okay. They, they don't know Coco Martin. And for us, mm. we like him because in our minds, Provinciano comes along and all ah. the other. But for an outsider, they wouldn't appreciate it that much.
0: Probably. Mm. So, yeah. And yeah, maybe we just need funding or something. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, Filipinos are talented, but it's just that to be well known, you need to, unfortunately, campaign. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Need to work on that, I suppose. But if not that, what else though? Like maybe Crazy Rich Asians. If Crazy Rich Asians were about Filipinos instead of Singaporeans, or what would it be about? You think?
1: <laughs> no Crazy Rich Asian, but probably just Crazy Asians. No rich. <laughs> maybe. Because yes. the breakthrough movies has been Crazy Rich Asian, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. So the next one probably <laughs> should be Crazy Asians.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, if you have any comments about what we just discussed, you know, please let us know on Instagram at mm. Bananaki Podcast or email us at BananakiPodcast at gmail.com and your answers might be featured on
1: the next
0: Cutie Minute. It's time
1: for our followers.
0: Cutie Minute. Your
1: thoughts in our voice.
0: Cutie Minute. It's not
1: minute. really one minute, but we're calling it
0: Cutie Minute
1: our first cutie is in response to episode 99 the afterlife and this is from zen zero cook and she says i don't know which afterlife i really want to pick maybe i just have so much more things i want to do in this life that afterlife is such a lucrative subject Mm. but i also realize that time is fleeting and you can say bye 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 -bye at any minute (laughs)
0: Okay, yes. <laughs>
1: Inongan, baby, bye bye bye. Bye
0: bye. bye.
1: <laughs> if I will reincarnate, I want to be a simple dog. A simple dog of heart evangelista. Hmm. <laughs> evangelista, I don't believe, as a simple dog. Does she?
0: Yeah, That's. I think that's her point. She just mm. wants to be a dog of a rich, a crazy rich a Asian. Crazy rich Asian. <laughs> But I think Heart Evangelista is an example of a real Crazy Rich Asian. Um, so they actually featured the real Crazy Rich Asians with the author of the book, oh. on which Crazy Rich Asians was based on. And, you know, she was one of them. All right. So the next comment is on episode 111, wow. IVF and, and fertility struggles. Mm. And this is from Maria Krishna, who said, Very heartwarming episode. This made me theory-eyed. Mm. Being bombarded with questions about when are you getting pregnant can be really uncomfortable in many levels. People should be more aware and sensitive about this kind of issue. Ignorance shouldn't be an excuse. Meaning well also cannot always justify it. We should be more compassionate toward each other. Thank you for sharing awareness on this kind of topic. This really hit deep and different and makes my morning so emotional. So yeah, I think that's something that we need to be cautious about. Because growing up, for me, I thought it was normal to mm. just ask any newly married couple, like, well, so when are you going to have a baby?
1: Yeah, especially for us Filipinos, right? We're very nosy and we really want to mm. push our agenda to other people. We don't exactly, consider yeah. how that would impact the, the subjects. Really.
0: Yeah, because you don't know what they're going through. Mm. Maybe, you know, they are secretly going through something. Yeah, so, just, just don't do it, guys. Yeah. Yes. So, that's yes. what I learned.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. So, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you're listening right now. And also, please give us a five-star rating. Minimum. <laughs> Minimum. All right.
1: Give us a six if it's available, but five is enough. <laughs>
0: If a six is available, then maybe it's out of ten. So they should <laughs> give us a ten. <laughs> yes.
1: Okay. Give us max. Give us max.
0: Yeah, whatever the max is, just give that to us, okay? Okay. So that's it for now. It. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>